Welcome to the Friendship Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Binnick, and today we're gonna be talking about all things fitness, wellness, and mindset so that you can be the best version of yourself for everybody and your family and life that loves you and needs you. guys what's going on i hope everybody had a great weekend and is ready to kick this week off right today we are talking about our last category in our new segment which is happiness and so as we've done with the other ones we're going to set the tone today with some mindset and goals now this one guys is probably the most important right if we are not happy right then what's the point (laughs) kind of of all of it right at the end of the day everything else that we've talked about you know health and wealth these are things that will help drive happiness upwards and it's not that we those things are necessary all the time for it but it will give us a significantly better chance if we have those things dialed in so we're going to jump right into it today and the first thing that we're going to talk about which i believe is the true number one goal of all happy happiness is to have stress-free living now we all know that life happens right and by life happens we mean things come up that are unplanned and that are not good and that are stressful and so living a completely stress-free life is basically an impossibility but what we can do is we can try to mute or negate or tone down the stresses that we're feeling that really don't need to be stresses and for a lot of people this is societal For a lot of people, this is maybe work-related. For a lot of people, this is maybe relationships in their lives. And so we're going to dive into a lot of those different components as we go through this series. But it's important for us to have a recognition of what a day kind of looks like when we have that stress-free life, where you're not waking up to an alarm clock, where it doesn't matter if you check your phone or not, doesn't matter if you check your email or not. You maybe have a completely unstructured day. Maybe you have absolutely nothing on your calendar. Maybe you have no plans. And for some of you guys, I'm probably saying this stuff and you're like, God, man, I can't even begin to remember the last time I had any of those things. And at different points in our lives, especially when we have kids, you know, we're not necessarily always living for ourselves first. You know, we're living for our kids and we're living for our families and we're living for all these other things that have to be high priorities. And so we can't always have that realistic possibility. But every now and again, every now and again, you feel what I'm talking about. You can imagine, you can dream, you can remember a day where you woke up without any added stressors. If you're enjoying drinking your cup of coffee out on the patio, looking over some woods, some trees, some mountains, maybe a beach, whatever it is for you, and you're able to you know, order that next cinnamon roll or order that next uh, cup of coffee and be totally timeless, not be rushed. I always kind of think that's a little bit our goal. Right. That's something that I think about all the time. And, you know, you have to really think about this and sit and take a moment to appreciate that because those times do come. You do have those days. And for some of us, it might be on vacations. For some of us, it might be something that we can achieve every week if we really buckle down and we try. But if we have that as a shared goal, this sort of stress-free life, right? No time stress, no relationship stress. We hang out with who we please, when we please. That's a pretty dang good goal. 
And that's going to bring us right into our next one, which is time freedom. And this goes back to the wealth stuff we talked about, where we really want to set ourselves up, set our lives up, set our families' lives up in a place where we have time freedom, where we're not necessarily beholden to being somewhere at some time on a clock, on a schedule, waking up to an alarm every day or waking up to an alarm every weekday, being rushed out of the house, waiting for that clock to hit, you know, five o'clock or three o'clock or whatever it is for you, just so that we can get home and get out of the day. But instead, living a little bit more unstructured and allowing us to plan our time for our days out in a way that better suits what we want. And so what we're going to get into a little bit with some of the wealth stuff is, you know, how can we achieve those things? And certain jobs are going to allow this of you and other jobs aren't. And some jobs right now might allow you if you know how to ask, if you communicate the right way, if you do a great job. Some of these things are available to some of us. And so what we want to think about is even if we're not there now, even if we're not in a situation where we even could possibly have some time freedom, we are at least on a trajectory inside of the wealth category to start walking closer and closer to that place. Now, as we start thinking about love and relationship freedom, this one's really tough. A lot of us have baggage, right? Baggage of old girlfriends, family baggage, um, you know, friend baggage, whatever it might be, even boss or like workplace stuff where, you know, you maybe are, you know, have some animus towards one of your coworkers. Maybe they have animus towards you. And what we want more than anything is to have this be something where we look forward to our interactions on a day-to-day basis where we don't feel added stress in our lives just because we're going somewhere. We're going to see somebody uh, because somebody's name pops up on our cell phone. And we're going to go through some different strategies as we start thinking about how we can really sort of wash some of these things out so it just doesn't happen. And as we start thinking about that, we want to be very tight with who we let into our circles, knowing that love and relationship freedom and love and relationship, you know, positivity and happiness is something that we really aspire to. I don't think when we're younger, we do a very good job of a quote unquote guarding and protecting our future selves from these toxic people, from these toxic relationships. I certainly know that I didn't. For me, I had these like hard delineation points where it was like a hard stop, right? Go into the military, leave for six years, like new cell phone, no numbers. You have to write me if you want to talk to me. Hard stop relationship. Then when I got back out and I came back to Columbus, another hard stop for all of the relationships in the military, right? Everybody there, just hard stop, right? I'm leaving. I'm never coming back. I probably will never see you again. And when I came back to Columbus, I had a choice and it was a really good choice. I was very lucky. I didn't even know what I was doing at the time, but I was very lucky to be able to very carefully pick and choose who the people in town that I reached out to were. It's very selective at that point in my life. And the same thing is true with my army friends when I left. Very selective with who I continued to communicate with. Only the people who filled me up. Only the people where I would drive halfway across the country to go and see them 
and know that I would come back more filled up, more positive, more happy, and I would be looking forward to it every moment of that drive. Be excited, giddy. And those are the only ones I kept. And honestly, it's kind of the same thing as we start thinking about relationships now. One of the hard points for people who are in the same town for an extended period of time is there is no ability to have that hard stop for a lot of people, especially when it comes to workplace stuff or family stuff. And so we're going to navigate some different things with communication strategies, with different things that we can do to kind of protect ourselves a little bit emotionally and physically for some of these relationships and how we can ensure that the people who we spend the majority of our time with are dialed into the same goals and the same plans and have this sort of momentum gaining and building in their life that you look forward to being around every day or every week. We don't want to jump into relationships that have attachments to them. We want as much as we can to have an authentic truly lovable and enjoyable life and relationships come in and they just bring something a little extra but we don't want to be reliant upon them for our own happiness and that's going to be a big piece of what we talk about too now as we move into our next component this one these next few are going to be a little bit fringe but these are things that i've really dialed in on and really what i'm thinking about here guys is i've just paid attention to the people who are the most consistently happy for the longest periods of time that have a great family structure, that talk positively about their kids, about their wives, about their mothers, their fathers. They have great relationships with the people in their lives. They're very positive, even in the face of really meaningful stress and challenges that come their way. They're still finding ways to be positive and caring. And I'm just sort of studying those people. And these are some of the things that I've just kind of taken away from a lot of those people. And the first one is that they love being around nature. They like being outside. They like going out and hiking. They like being in mountains. They like being in water. They like doing things. And the, my, my litmus test for this is, would they go out camping with you for just, it doesn't have to be a ton. I'm not talking like, like, Hey, you don't get a shower for two weeks. But if like, if you left town on a Friday, would they look forward to, you know, camping and hiking and, you know, swimming in a river and being in the mountains and making your own food? Would they look forward to that? Uh, or would that be something that would be like this, like massive stressor in their life? And I think if we, if we aren't quite there yet, that's okay. Not a lot of people are. And most of the people who are listening to this were sort of city folk. And I was, uh, as a city folk, and this is to use some of my uh, country boy lingo from a lot of the guys that I was in the military with. As you can imagine, the infantry is mostly country boys. And, you know, it's, it's a very interesting life to be around. And if you've never been around it, I don't think a lot of people know what they're missing. And a lot of people don't have an appreciation for how beautiful nature is, how much it gives you to be in and around it uh, every day. And not like, not like Central Park, right? I call that uh, when Maria and I went to New York, it's talking about this is like, this is like city nature, right? It's, it's, you can feel that it's like not authentic. It's trying to be, but then there's like a huge road and a bridge and like cars driving through and you're like, okay, so you immediately get sucked out of it. What I'm talking about is like 
there's true light discipline, right? Like there's, there's no, there's nothing but the stars in the sky from a light perspective, as far as the eye can see. So you can actually truly see the sky. There's no pollution. There's unkempt, untouched wildness, plants, you know, trees, bad things, right? Snakes, uh, bugs, all kinds of stuff. And it tells you a lot about yourself when you're out there. And I honestly, you know, didn't do a lot of that growing up. And this is something that was relatively new for me when I went into the military and started to go out to the field. And honestly, like I just kind of fell in love with it. And I haven't had a chance or I really haven't gone out of my way, to be honest. I haven't prioritized it as much as I really would like to uh, because I really do enjoy it. And this is something that I personally am trying to get a lot better at and uh, spend a little bit more dedicated time every year. Like if we're planning out vacations or planning out like a four day weekend, doing things along these lines. And I think right along lines with nature is animals. And this is something that's kind of a touchy subject, I think, for people sometimes. Uh, but I'm a firm, firm believer in that connecting with animals in some way is incredibly good for the soul. And, you know, obviously I'm a, I'm a huge, huge animal lover. And, uh, you know, I've owned many, many pets throughout my life. And honestly, like, there's just something, if you take a second to appreciate you know, the, the love in a dog's heart or a cat's heart when they, you know, kind of come up and they need the love and the attention and the adoration. And they're just better than us at asking for it. Right. As humans, like we need all of that, maybe and then some and more because we got a lot more going on in our brains than like, uh, you know, like food, humping, walks, you know, <laughs> it's like if I walk through Blitz's life, it's like nap, you know, sunbathe. Um, we got a little bit more going on in our lives that, you know, plays with our emotional state quite a bit. But man, they just, they are unapologetic with their love, with their giving and with their asking to receive it, right? Like they will go so far out of their way just to come up and, you know, snuggle with you like Gus did it with me earlier today. And I'm going through my programming and, you know, Gus is walking around and he jumps up on my chair, which is like not a, a dog chair, not a chair where a dog can be. And he just starts like nuzzling me and cuddling with me. And he just laid with me for like a half an hour. Um, and it just like th those little things really can give you a lot, especially if you guys are hurting at all. You're lonely in any time you're, you're depressed a little bit. You know, one of the biggest charities that I really like to give to is the canines for warriors. Um, I, I just think there's so much healing that can be done. I know there's a lot of studies with, um, you know, soldiers with PTSD is one, but prisoners is another one. And prison populations where they adopt dogs and they have some sort of a dog training, the prisoners tend to rehabilitate significantly better than uh, prisons that don't have that. And I think these two things go hand in hand. You know, when you start thinking about people who are struggling in their lives, there's a bunch of great stories out there with people where, you know, dogs and fitness and nature and some of these things kind of come together. And really what it is, is they're just kind of tapping into what it means to be sort of an animal ourselves. We're tapping into that raw nature that we are. And society now pulls us so hard, so far away from that so fast. The first day, you know, you're born, it's like you're immediately pulled into, you know, this this hospital setting. And, you know, a lot of women are going to get epidurals and, you know, there's LED lights and there's all these, you know, machines beeping and all this stuff. And you're just you're pulled right into it. And 
you know, I'm not saying anything at all about birth or pregnancy in that capacity. Um, more what I'm saying is just the forces on society are constantly pulling us away from really tapping into that real, like natural human state of being. And I think if we, the more that we can tap into that, the more that we can understand our true animalistic nature and we can tap into that sort of reptilian brain a little bit and just enjoy it and not judge and not worry about what society thinks, all these other things and fears that come in that are evolutionary. And when you think about some of these things that really play on our happiness, that really play on our stress, it all comes back down to society not necessarily feeling like they're going to accept us or us feeling like society won't accept us. Because every other generation all throughout human history and time up until you know the last little teeny tiny blip in human history, if you were not accepted by your community, that meant that you were dead because you had nobody to protect you. You had nobody to help you hunt. And so we have these like natural things that are built in us and we're, we're constantly in this give and take situation of modern conveniences. But the further that those modern conveniences pull us away from our natural self, the worse off I think our society becomes. So this is one of the huge things is sort of the, the general theme for this is living our natural lives. And this can go back to nutrition, this can go back to exercise, this can go back to relationships, this can go back to stress, all those things, sleep, right? Just pull yourself out of the day-to-day, pull yourself out of the cell phone, pull yourself out of the car. What would a natural human being do? When would they go to bed? When would they wake up? What would their wake-up routine look like? What would be the first thing you did in the morning? What would be the second thing you did in the morning? What does it look like? What does it mean to protect yourself? What does it mean to protect the people who love you? What does it mean to find your own food and forage for it? Some of these things are, you know, really far away from where people are at today. But I do think that emotionally, like we have a strong connection with these things. And we don't always have to go like all the way where you're like, you know, killing deer and skinning them and all those things yourself. But it wouldn't kill us from time to time to get out in nature and sleep under the stars, rise and fall with the sun, sleep under the moon, you know, reset our circadian rhythms a little bit and be a little bit more raw and natural. Uh, I think that that's a huge component to happiness as well. Next one, guys, is going to be giving yourself uh, some times, some time throughout the day, some time throughout the week or month or planned out times. Uh, It can be a silent retreat, but just time for stillness and reflection. Time for some silence. And I think this is especially true now more than ever and especially true for you work from home and especially, especially true for you work from home parents whose kids have been home a lot and are now probably home for the summer. You have got to take some time to just be in peace and quiet. And I think you should do it every day. And if that means building out a special room, if that means going on a walk to a private special place, That means waking up 45 minutes earlier because that's the only time that you're going to get. Whatever it means, we've got to start making that a non-negotiable. 
too much stress is going to pile up in your life if you don't take time to reflect, if you don't take time to let your brain just sort all of the stress out. And if we just stay, go, 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 stress, 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 that like, ee, <laughs> little, I forget what movie that's from, but it's always what I remind, uh, am reminded of when I start thinking about these, like just staying on all the time. And I actually had a friend recently text me and talk about this and said, you know, they, they feel like they don't know who they are, you know, outside of work and they're working really hard. They're trying to grow their own business right now. And, you know, the first thing I said is how much are you turning off? Are you just always in input mode, go mode all the time? What should I be doing? What can I be doing? And when you do sit still, when I do, like when I bring this up and I say, force yourself into some silence, just do a little meditation, go and find a park, just sit somewhere and just be there. Do you feel agitated because you're not doing something? That is a very, very important feeling to catch, uh, to, to get into with. And if you catch yourself there, and if you ever feel that, you're really, really close to having some sort of a panic attack, anxiety problems, stresses, elevated heart rates, lack of sleep. Very negative health implications are going to come from that thought and feeling. And this is where I worry about our kids, our future, and some of these things is we, we have these devices that keep us plugged in. And when we're younger, we all know that we're significantly more social. We're more social beings. We're some more, some more social beasts, all those things. And, you know, if you attach a phone to that, then you really do feel like you're going to have this like huge fear of missing out if you're not on it all the time. And so I just don't think kids are doing a great job of, you know, being taught how to be still and how to slow down a little bit. And I don't even know if they take the advice. But as an adult, as somebody listening to this podcast, my hope is that you want to get better and be better. And so I would really take some time to sit and feel that. Like if you just sit, and honestly, I'm married to a person who's incredible at it. Maria's absolutely the best at this, of just vibing. She just calls it just vibing. I'm like, what are you doing, babe? She's like, just vibing. <laughs> All right, cool. And I know I just leave her be. Um, that's something I know I need to be better at, but I think it's something that, um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm paying a lot of attention to when I start feeling my most anxious. I also notice that my performance drops off. My back starts to hurt more. The pain in my life gets better. I don't sleep as much. All these things start to kind of creep in all because I'm not taking the time to kind of listen to myself or I'm feeling like I need to be too on all the time. Last two before we wrap up here for our goals is defining our non-negotiables. And so knowing what we're going to say yes and no to ahead of time. That is our goal. We're taking away decision fatigue. And we're going to start pretty simple with that one. And we're going to build our way up a little bit. Um, but as we kind of go, it's not surprising when people don't know these things. A lot of this is principles and values, right? Do you even know like who you are? Do you know where you draw the hard line? And this year has really, I think, tested people. There's a lot of different thoughts and opinions with some of this stuff. But if you don't know your value system and you don't have principles dialed in, or you maybe you think you do, but they've never been tested, there's two, two different things there, right? There's kind of thinking and feeling a certain way, but then when you're pressed on it, 
you don't actually have the courage to stand up for it. And that's not going to work with non-negotiables. Non-negotiable means non-negotiable. And so you can't sit there and be like, well, I'm a healthy person. I prioritize working out. And then the very first time, you know, a patio comes along and somebody's like, hey, man, it's so nice outside. It's great to see you, you want to come out and we're going to have some tacos and margaritas. And you're like, oh, what time are you meeting? And you're like, oh, we're going to meet at five and you're going to work out at 430. And you're like, ooh, do you have the courage to tell that person like, hey, sorry, you know, I got to work out. That's my priority right now. It's a non-negotiable for me. But I'd love to meet up with you guys afterwards or whatever your statement's going to be. And so, you know, this this courage or conviction is another way to look at it is something that we're going to try to decide ahead of time, right? It, it makes everything a hell of a lot easier if you just decide ahead of time what you things you're going to say yes to all the time, what things you're going to say no to all the time. And this jumps right into our last one, which this is for Coach Emily, is minimalism. And this is a weird one, I think, sometimes to stick into happiness. But if you guys have never watched the documentary, I'm going to leave you with that today. I do highly recommend uh, watching the documentary. They made a newer one, which I don't think is as good as the original one. Uh, but you guys can go and watch that or read the book. Uh, I highly recommend them. But I do think that the desire for more stuff, you know, more stuff generally. And, you know, it's to me, it's always the I know they've done this study with salad dressings and soups. Right. Uh, but it's for me, it's the menu problem is if I sit down at a restaurant and they've got like four things on the menu and it's like, hey, we've got, you know, a T-bone steak. We've got, you know, surf and turf. We've got you know, fish, you know, whatever. We've got a salmon and we've got, you know, a burger. Well, I'm going to be able to make my choice pretty definitively there. Right. Like that's going to be pretty easy because there's just not a lot of crap there. But if I go to Cheesecake Factory or if I go to like one of those um, to this Mexican, they're like El Vaquero or something where the menu's got like seven or eight pages on it and it's got numbers up into the hundreds. I just know that I'm not going to be very satisfied with what I get. And this is human psychology. This is all studied. But for me, what that is, is it's kind of the same thing with minimalism. If you always have this like constant ledger in your head or this constant, you know, open cart or wish list or Amazon, you know, desired things and you're just waiting for your birthday, for Christmas, for Mother's Day, for Father's Day, for, you know, a bridal shower or a baby shower or a wedding or this or that and and we're doing these things and every one of them is we're being showered with a gift or being showered with something, more stuff, more stuff, more stuff. And we're always in this constant state of, well, I need this to do that or I need this to achieve some higher level of comfort. And when I achieve that higher level of comfort, I will be X amount more happy. I don't like that game. I like minimalism for a lot of reasons. Number one, purging feels really good. Actually, if you guys have never bought a dumpster for your house, I highly recommend it. Just buy the dumpster, pay for it for a month, and just like go through everything and just pitch it. Your whole thought process with stuff is just pitch it. And uh, it's, it's incredibly cleansing. 
But I also think it kind of goes in line with other things also that we're going to be talking about with the wealth section, but also with the health section. If you really think about like what you really, really need, what do you use every day? What do you use every week? What are things that you really could just do without? And just second guessing yourself every time you just go to make some impulse purchase. If you can get out of that habit, you'll be a lot happier with the things that you end up do buying because you're only buying things that you really need that you're going to excessively use. And I think that you can also end up typically buying a little bit nicer things. Like I know I probably only buy maybe, maybe one pair of shorts and one t-shirt a year. Maybe that's about all I buy from a clothes perspective. And I'll probably buy one or two pairs of workout shoes or coaching shoes per year also. So I know that like, I can't screw that up. So I listen to a lot of people. I try on a bunch of people's shoes. You know, I go out and I'll, I'll go to, you know, Lulu with Maria. I'll try a bunch of stuff on. I never buy anything. And I only am going to buy something if I'm like, oh man, like this is incredible. I've got to have it. And then I can pay a little bit more for it because I know I'm only going to be buying that one thing that year. And so I'm going to buy high quality. And because of that, it's going to last years and years and years. And because of that, then you can get to a situation years down the road where you can only buy one shirt per year or one pair of shorts per year. And it makes things kind of simple, right? You know, one of my goals, I've talked to Emily about this a lot, is to get to this. I think it's called a cabinet wardrobe where you basically pick two, one to two, two to three colors that all sort of go together and everything in your entire closet is from that same color palette. And again, you're just taking away decision fatigue. You're taking away the stress of what do I wear? What are we wearing? Hey, honey, we're going to this summer wedding. Can I wear shorts or is this like a suit thing, right? Well, it's going to be 95 degrees. What are we going to do? And you just take that whole crap out. It's like you've got one dress, right? And so if it's a dress thing, you've got one choice. You just take it out. It's like I'll have the T-bone steak. Thank you very much. Um, that's one of our big, big goals along with our non-negotiables of answering questions before they come up. And you'll be amazed at what this does for your stress levels, what this does for your happiness. And I hope that this is sort of a good frame of mind, a little framework for our mindset and goals. As we start thinking about getting towards the end of this happiness journey, guys, my big goal for us and what our big thing is going to be with the happiness section is going to be to be doing a little bit of homework. And I know not everybody's going to be able to do it. And some of the stuff might take a little bit. If I tell you, hey, I want you to try to take a, a weekend, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I want you to go out, you know, go up to, into Michigan or go into West Virginia and find a really beautiful cabin or something. And and if it's nice outside, sleep outside. And, I, and that's something I'm, I want you to do. That might take you six months or a year. That might be something that's a longer time horizon for us to do. But these are the things that we're going to be kind of talking about. And these are the goals we're going to be setting and achieving during the happiness section. And so I hope you guys enjoy this. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, if you guys haven't yet, share this podcast with somebody who you think it will benefit. Thank you so much. Have a great week.